heard that described in a really interesting way that eights are not um that that the word destroy is so is looked at so negatively but like really the you can be a destroyer of things that need to, to be, be destroyed right, right. yes yeah. right. let's do that okay yeah. Yeah. yeah let's do more of that <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Eight. Destroy the patriarchy. <laughs> Smash the patriarchy. <laughs> patriarchy yeah. is going down. Personal care industry, you're going down. Every, it's all going down. Food industry, you're out. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio, episode 89. This week, we're welcoming back Coach Jess Gertner to talk Enneagram with us once again. So she's been on the podcast for an entire month with us, which has been such a gift. And we're so, so grateful. And Jess herself is an Enneagram 9. I'm an Enneagram 8. And I'm also married to an Enneagram 9. And so we took an entire episode this week to cover types 8 and 9. And it was a really great discussion. I hope you guys get so much out of this. Um, As I mentioned before, Jess is an Enneagram 9 wing 8. And she's also a blogger, a recipe creator, and she's a podcast host over at the Modern Mamas podcast. And she has a passion for real food, real connection, and sharing herself, flaws and all. And she really brings that to the table in this episode where we talk about the nine. And I think sometimes it's so hard to talk about ourselves within the Enneagram because we just feel so exposed. But she really pours her heart and soul into everything that she does, including being a guest on this podcast. And we are so grateful. So this episode actually puts a cap on our Enneagram deep dive. We still have hashtag any a new year going. So this is episode four of our hashtag any a new year series. And this uh, next month, we're actually going to be focusing in on some more nuances with the, within the Enneagram, along with a catch up episode with Genevieve and myself. And we get to deep dive again into like money mindset in the Enneagram and we'll do subtypes and all sorts of other exciting things. And so lots more to come on the Enneagram. We're pretty much focusing on it the entire first quarter of this year. And we're glad that you guys are here for it. The response that we've gotten is absolutely amazing. And don't forget, you guys, if you're loving the podcast, please go subscribe and rate and review it on iTunes because that's what helps us get seen and get the word out there so we can help and encourage more people. So thanks for being here this week, you guys. And we are so grateful for you also and so excited to welcome Jess back. So let's get into it. So are you ready for your number? Cassie? I'm ready. Cassie's like, <laughs> dancing. <"Bring> it. <laughs> She's dancing. Let's talk yes. about me already. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I talk about me all the time. It's okay. <laughs> I love. Okay. So I'm just going to preface this with this. 
and we've talked about this on the podcast before i'm really drawn to eights personally and i have an eight wing and um there's a lot in it like I surround myself with eights, I think, because I see a lot of what I would like to, like the positive things that I would like to create in my own life and my own personality. And like, it's just, it's a very beautiful relationship, I think, when you can be in an eights inner circle and feel loved by an eight. And it's really, really magical. So I want to throw that out there. (laughs) Eights can be, they can be perceived on the exterior as the most abrasive of all the numbers. But what I hope as we dive into the eights, if you have eights in your life or you are an eight, you see that an eight is, they're so wonderful. They're such amazing human beings. And a healthy eight is like a really powerful voice for change and like, I don't know, love and connection. And so I just want to say that because sometimes I feel like eights can get a bad rap. Okay. Oh, they get, I feel they so get seen. Crap thrown love them all so the time. Much. <laughs> Good. I, we're I'm also glad. we're also like I like to call myself like a powerful softy. Mm-hmm. I'm a big softy. Mm-hmm. Like if you know me, know me, and you're in that inner circle of an eight. Like if you really know them and they let you really in, um, man, just hang on to that because. Right. If you get out, you're not going to be let back in, right. probably. And that's like actually, you get out. if you ever escape like, their clutches. Um, <laughs> no, out. like if 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 you do something yes. where they push you out, mm-hmm. is pretty much if you get pushed, pushed out, out yeah, there essentially. We go. Yeah, there that's, we go. that's how yeah, it's going to yes. happen. Um, yes. And it's funny too, like someone told me, or I read it somewhere, eights and fives, if an eight or a five chooses you as a life partner, you should feel very lucky and call yourself lucky because it's it's it means a lot um Mm. it means a lot and so I feel incredibly lucky that Tim chose me he's a five um and it's just for these two numbers it's like it's sometimes it's hard to get into that like through the inner shell but once you're there um like it's it's it is it's a beautiful thing so it is when you're there it is it is period <laughs> okay so now that we did all the prep work for the eights let's talk about them a little bit so the eights are called their protective challenger or at least in my mind they're called the protective challenger um and they are you know in a nutshell they're self-confident they're very decisive willful and they can be confrontational i was gonna say they can be perceived as confrontational but they really no just, we can be they are confrontational <laughs> But I, we can choose it. Yes, and we are. <laughs> but at this, at the same, on the flip side, a lot of times, what we perceive as confrontation um, is not always confrontation in their eyes, right? And Cassie, you'll be the, able to most speak of the to time. This. It's not. Yeah, it's just yeah. a conversation. And and me, mm-hmm. my nineness, I'm like <gasps> shrinking back, like, oh my gosh, this is conflict. No. I hate it. <laughs> um, and it's like we're just having a conversation. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I know. And his twos and, were like, is this criticism? <laughs> is this criticism? <laughs> right. But I'm married to a nine. So this is a pretty constant situation. Yeah, it <laughs> is. But it's like once you know, it gets easier. It's not going to be perfect. But once you understand the eight more, um, it becomes you just don't take it that way anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and from my yeah, side as same. an eight, like if you have an eight that you're super close to that you want to be in deeper relationship with, go learn about eights on the Enneagram, like deeper than just this podcast, Mm -hmm. because one of the things 
that allows us to open up is just feeling very seen Mm -hmm. and understood because we've literally spent our entire lives being misunderstood which is Mm -hmm. not just true for an eight but specifically that's something that I feel and I think you know they always say that female eights have it the worst on the Enneagram Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that just has to do with that level of being extremely misunderstood we have a lot of masculine energy and again that's often misinterpreted as anger or conflict or you know and and we've talked about this on the podcast many times before like were those folks who have been called bitchy or bossy or whatever you know our whole lives yeah and it took me a really long time to like really let those words go and actually staunchly reject them Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and not take identity up in them Mm -hmm. right and see the Mm -hmm. positive side of that so if you have an eight in your life female or male doesn't matter Um, or anywhere on that lovely spectrum, I would just like spend some time getting to know their type um, and get to know them better. And they'll actually, they might let you in if you actually see and understand them. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And that whole phrase that you you just said about, uh, you know, if you know them, it doesn't quite come across as criticism is 100% true. Like, I mean, coming from the Enneagram 2. Yeah, because the Enneagram 2 in me is like, I automatically, my knee-jerk reaction to a lot of things is criticizing myself, like taking that and like internalizing it as criticism when it's not meant to be criticism necessarily. And I, and then honestly, guys, I may not co-host a relationship with somebody who's going to give me regular feedback. I deliver things to Jen in a compliment sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) And I I always recognize what she's doing and I always appreciate it, but (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's we're it's super transparent exactly what I'm doing, but it's okay. I feel that way when you learn about the Enneagram, you start to converse with like your partners and your best friends and you're all kind of geeking out on it. They're like, Oh, I know what you're doing over there. Okay. Thank you. I see you calling out that this isn't a conflict, but I feel like it is. <laughs> but I also think that's beautiful because it becomes yeah. like just awareness and also you can see the effort, right? Like someone yeah. is changing the way that they naturally are because they love and care for you like that is so valuable right it also feels a lot mm. more objective too right because you take away when you know and this just an example of like my husband's a nine and I'm an eight and we're in a conflict I can step back and say oh you think we're fighting right now we're not (laughs) fighting like we're totally cool I'm fine and he's like are you serious (laughs) yes I'm serious we've talked about this and he'll be like gosh freaking Enneagram (laughs) but it's diffused it's diffused so many arguments because they weren't actually arguments but of course he's like you're raising your voice and you're getting excited I don't even know what's happening I'm in trouble I put this dish away in the wrong place you know and I'm like oh no 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 we're good like don't worry just don't do it again it's it's, I'm just kidding (laughs) I'm I'm only half kidding so Anyways, okay, we haven't even gotten into anything about this. I know, I'm sorry. I love it so much. I have all the time in the world right now. Um, Okay, (laughs) so eight's core fear. So we talked about all these things, but like why? Why why is an eight Mm -hmm. behaving this way? Or why are these their characteristics? Their core fear is of being weak, powerless, harmed, controlled, manipulated, and at the mercy of injustice. And we'll talk about that injustice piece is really big with a lot of eights. Um, and so that's their core fear. That's why that's what's driving all of this behavior, right? And their core desire is to protect themselves. That's it. 
Like we, all of us have these other like long things, like, you know, to be out of conflict and to like engage with others and all this stuff. The core, the nine or the eight's core desire is to protect themselves. And while that's fine, we all want to protect ourselves, um, that can deteriorate into more constant fighting and conflicts. So, but it's, it's really because they need to protect themselves. They have to, um, their self image. They want to be seen as outspoken, direct, opinionated, bold, decisive, tough, and compassionate. So that's really the, the self image they want to portray. And you alluded to this, Cassie, sometimes that's, it's feel, it feels like historically, if you're an eight male, that's cool. Like, that's fine. Yeah, like, that, go you're for like it. the most accepted. Yeah. You're like in super accepted, but as an eight female and i think we're just now com- like moving into the other direction where it's like oh these are amazing qualities to have as a woman um but historically it's been like what like who like she's speaking her mind she's challenging people like this feels it's almost been labeled as unfeminine um mm. and i just think that it, we're coming into a place where it's a lot more socially acceptable though i will say when we're, when we're talking about masculine and feminine energy within a person, we all have both, right? Yep. The eight, an eight female is really going to have to work hard if they want to, to use and tap into their feminine energy. Because as a woman, like that's powerful, right? But sometimes eights can really cut off all of the beautiful things that they can bring into their life by like embracing their feminine energy does that make sense mm-hmm. so much nodding you know and i think right i think whether you're a male or a female eight like embracing that feminine side mm-hmm. we can also like just rephrase that as like uh, just leaning into softening mm-hmm. right just not being so hard right <laughs> softening yeah. a bit so, yeah. this, i mean it's a really uncomfortable process for me to tap into that feminine energy mm-hmm. because it feels like tapping into feminine energy is a form of weakness, which is BS, right? <laughs> That's just absolutely not true. Right. But I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Soft. Ew. Gross. Like, no, no. So <laughs> Ew, <laughs> it's gross. been, it's been a really uncomfortable process and mm-hmm. it's still, I mean, I think it's going to be a process for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, I, hello I, therapy. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I mean, we, like I said, we all need it, but you know, some of us need it specifically for different things. So um, the eight's core weakness is what we call lust or excess. And again, we're not talking about like physical lust, but it's this constant need for intensity, control, and what we call self-extension. So like projecting your energy into a room or into a social situation or onto a relationship. Um, and this constant need to push everything and assert yourself willfully so that's, that's your weakness. Again, it's like not always going to be there, but like it's kind of like your Achilles heel, heel there. Um, and your core longing is to, to know that you will not be betrayed. Um, if you betray an eight, you are you're dead. Out. You are dead you're out. to you're pushed me. Out. Yeah, the, the eight is the person on films who says, you're dead to me. Right. Like you're out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I heard this anecdote. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Okay, please tell me if you guys know that. No. Disney? No. Mulan? Yes. Oh, yeah, I do. Yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> Did Cassie just say yes? Yes. I watched Mulan, okay? I got one. <laughs> she, got, she got one. Of I had Disney to watch program. a lot of Disney movies when I first started dating Josh and his little mm-hmm. sister was in second grade, okay? Oh. There's only so much you can do when you're 16 and trying to stay out of trouble. 
Sweet. But yeah, that's I mean, that's accurate. I've heard this anecdote that that eights can kind of cut you out so much that they will literally run into you like if you betrayed them and they will have forgotten your name because <laughs> they have like Cassie yes, just starts laughing. They have <laughs> cut you out. They've literally like taken scissors in their mind and like <laughs> removed you from their life. Right. I know that's like, like I don't even think about you anymore. Yeah. Like I never think about you. And so therefore, oh, like, I don't know who you terrible. are. I've never had anybody I was like close to for that to be the case. But I, I definitely have a thing where like you have if you haven't been in my world or my periphery at all for like five years, I know exactly who you are, but I do not know your name. Mm. I have not kept that in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, for so me and like that makes me that's why I laugh so hard because I forget people's names all the time. <laughs> Um, and not people I'm, I see often or hear of often, or, you know, who are kind of part of my world, but folks like I went to high school with, I I see them. I live in the town I went to high school in Mm -hmm. and I married my high school sweetheart. Everyone knows who I am. It's very, and obviously, and I'm an eight, so I'm always like (laughs) center of attention, like in the, you know, in front of everybody. But anyways, I will like be in the grocery store and I'm in context for everybody. I'm literally walking next to the person that they, I was with when they knew me in high school. So they all know my, and I'm like, I don't, I've just pushed it out. I don't know your name. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You know? So I'm like, Hey, hopefully you work at the store and you're wearing a name tag. (laughs) (laughs) But I, yes, I mean, I, I feel that energy around Mm -hmm. that though. Like I think, you know, we can joke. I was, you know, obviously laughing really hard about that, but I, if you, if I've cut you out, I literally don't think about you anymore Mm -hmm. or I don't think about you at all. Mm -hmm. But you also, not you specifically, but eights, I've noticed several eights in my life that if you're in, you're in Mm -hmm. and you are in pretty hard. And when you're out, you're out pretty hard. So it's like, you're out hard. Yeah. Yeah, You don't, I mean, and and here's the thing, like I I don't make those decisions lightly, Mm -hmm. at least maybe Uh, now as a healthier eight. Yeah. Yeah, does not quickly, not easily, or lightly. I mean, so I would like, say quickly. Like- nope, definitely quickly. <laughs> <laughs> quickly okay, in a- or quickly out or both? Both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you're in so or you're it's, out. It's pretty. But you have to do a lot to be out. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty true. Um, but also takes a lot to get in. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. Just a lot in general. I, anyway, I, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to be said about like, you know, this is why we preface this with like, if you're in a relationship with an eight and an eight trusts you, it's a very big deal Mm -hmm. because like our Achilles heel is just not trusting Mm -hmm. anyone. Yeah. Like, because we've been blindsided. Yeah. And in some way. Yeah. 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 And well, I'm, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was, I take on those characteristics of an eight and unhealthy side. Like when I'm going to disintegration and I've always kind of joked that that's kind of a problem for me. I've known that that's a problem for me, but like, um, when I feel when somebody's out, it's literally like, it's difficult for me to do the whole like forgive and forget thing because I can, I can forgive, but there's like, I just feel like I can't let those people back in because it's like this protection thing. But when my unhealthier days, it just, I could not wrap my head around letting somebody back in that was once there. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, something I really wanted to work on was something of like, you don't necessarily, it, it, I, I viewed it as letting them back in. Like, why do I view it that way sort of a thing? So I think it's interesting hearing more about the eights because of that disintegration side for me. Yeah. Well, let's so, talk about that. Let's talk about, so at the best, a really healthy eight is going to be super compassionate 
really inspiring, direct in a very positive way, like in an un, not yeah. in a non abrasive way. Like there's a difference between like abrasive abrasive communication and direct communication, right? And it's a beautiful yeah. thing when you see it in action. Um, it's going to be they're going to be very resilient. They're going to be loyal, mm-hmm. energetic, empowering, protective, and self confident. So that like yep. we know like Cassie, when you are in like that that healthy space, you're all those things, right? And it's it's wonderful, right? Like you feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. in times of stress, however, some some hallmarks of the eight would be loud, like loud behavior, vengeful, excessive, controlling, rebellious, insensitive, domineering, self-centered, and skeptical. Um, so have Hello, you- Hello, it's teenage Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's our little eights at their, at their best and at their worst. Um, gosh, there was something I was going to say about eights. Um, Oh, what an eight is trying to do essentially, and Cassie, you can chime in on this as well, is they just want to know where they stand. They don't want any bullshit. Do not make me do any work to figure out where I stand with you. If you have a problem with me, just tell me. It's fine. We can can either deal with the problem or we can not. I can also not deal with the problem. It can just exist. It's fine. Right. I, yeah, I, it's, if, if there's like tension in a relationship or I feel like I don't know where I stand. My solution is to cut that person out. Right. Which has not always been the healthy response, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> right. You, this is not what I'm recommending. So, you, so well, I was going to say, you might cut someone out. For a lot of eights, they're going to keep pushing until you, this person, either breaks down or cuts themselves out of the equation or mm-hmm. really is honest, what they view as honest with them. Right. Like they don't want you to like fluff it up or be indirect or like sugarcoat something. And that's where they can feel confrontational is because they're just trying to get you to be honest. The cutting out happens with less deeper relationships, Mm. like Mm -hmm. the relationships that haven't deepened. If we if we've deepened in in connection and for some reason I currently don't know where I stand with you, we're going to have a conversation about it. Yeah, (laughs) because and, you know, I've I've tended to come at it from an approach of like, hey, have I done something that to offend you? Mm. Because that's a really big possibility, actually. (laughs) Like. It's a strong possibility that I've done something to offend someone. Um, And then we have a discussion around what motivated me to say what I said or did what I did. And then it's like, oh, okay, like we're fine. And and so anyways, you know, most of the folks I'm in pretty deep relationship with, I don't have any conflict with whatsoever, which is really interesting. Like Josh and I always kind of joked over the years, like all these married couples that we know that kind of like fight healthy even, you know, there's a healthy version of fighting and, uh, we didn't, we never really fought mm-hmm. until we got healthy in our, in our types really. Um, and now we fight way more than we used to <laughs> right. because it's like, no one's going to misinterpret that mm-hmm. unless we, you know, we walk through. And so I have to be really clear with my intentions when I'm fighting fair with somebody and say a lot more around how I feel, which is very hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I yeah I mean fight fair with an eight if you're gonna fight with them most types don't like to fight except for eights. yeah and also <laughs> be aware like you better bring it because an eight will literally cut you down with their words if they feel like oh, yes. if they yeah. sense like there's a weakness there and you know maybe they're not in a healthy place um they can like shred you 
So yep. just be prepared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, my friend, uh, Danny and I, she's a seven, but she definitely has a wing eight. And we joke about like turning into a monster. <laughs> like, oh, that's the monster in us coming out. <laughs> Take that down a notch. Um, and there's certain pieces of the monster like dealing with injustice that I think mm-hmm. is incredibly mm-hmm. beautiful. Yes. But there's part of it that's like, oh, let's not tear things down that don't need to be teared down. Let's tear things down that do deserve to be teared down and redirect right. our energy. Totally. <laughs> I've actually heard that good. described in a really interesting way that eights are not... Um, that that the word destroy is so is looked at so negatively yeah. mm-hmm. but like really the you can be a destroyer of things that need to, to be, be destroyed right, right. yeah yes. right. let's do that okay yeah. Yeah. yeah let's do more of that <laughs> let's do it yeah. eight destroy the pa- patriarchy patriarchy yeah. patriarchy is yeah. going down personal care industry you're going down every it's all going down food industry you're out oh my god i love it's it hilarious. i love it and okay we'll jump into we're gonna talk so much more because we haven't even gotten to growth and stress but the wings for an eight you can have a seven wing or a nine wing um eights with a seven wing are called the maverick and essentially what i have heard um elena haber is an eight with a seven wing um cassie you're you have a nine wing right I definitely do. Okay. So eights with a seven wing have the most energy of all of the numbers on the Enneagram. They are, they like combine, they're like this, like, I don't even know how you would combine an eight with a seven. Like you must be like buzzing all day, every day, constantly. They're yep. just like, and Elena, Elena is totally someone that I look at her and I'm like, how do you get so much done? Yeah. Like, she's just like never ending. Again, she's like, another oh. person I'm in awe of. Yeah. She's like, oh, the baby woke up like six times, but I'm still like, she's beautiful and put together and she's like, you know, <laughs> crushing beauty counter and like everything. I'm just like, wow, you're amazing. <laughs> um, but they're going to be more extroverted, enterprising, energetic, quick, materialistic, interested in power and egocentric, whereas an eight with a nine wing is called the bear. And they're going to be more mild, mild mannered, gentle, receptive, enjoy their comforts. Cassie, I know I love watching you like every morning with your like, it, your house looks so cozy. I'm just it's like very nine ish. I very have calm. so much nine in me. It's yes. not even funny. So you're enjoy your comforts. You're going to be more people oriented and more quietly strong. So mm. yeah, that is the... Okay. That is the eight with the nine wing. Do you feel that? That's me. Yeah. I feel that. All right. Yeah. I, I didn't, I mean, I've, I've definitely, I feel like in my like adolescence, I had more of a seven wing um, because I had that like just energy everywhere. And I feel like it's almost having a kid mm-hmm. that really like ignited that nine in me, mm-hmm. which I think is actually a really beautiful mm-hmm. thing. I, I have more nines in my life than any other type. Mm. I love nines so hard <laughs> and I I just that piece of it yeah I've never heard it called the bear before that's yeah. really interesting what ha, what have you heard it called that something I haven't different? heard honestly I haven't I'm I've heard loved names. listening to you assign names to mm-hmm. wings because I haven't yeah. um heard that very much I, um, I love the eight with the nine wing description because obviously my <clears> son's <throat> name is bear we have an affinity for bears and I can see it it's like they're like soft and strong they're like mm-hmm. like I don't know there's like that powerful. yeah powerful well and I I think of a healthy eight as like a big old teddy bear. Yeah. Like, don't don't piss me off because I will <laughs> take you down. I will take you down if you hurt someone I love. Yeah, also, totally. but like the protect like bear, the protective. Yeah. yeah, if you like the protective piece of an eight is so powerful, yes, totally. and it all depends on like what we identify with. So like, mm-hmm. I can protect a person. I can protect a concept. I can protect a cause. Like 
it, it's my baby mm-hmm. and don't mess with it otherwise yeah. we're gonna have my husband really struggled the idea of her and I going on like a girlfriend's vacation together by ourselves and because um, I was like I've never been out of the country and Cassie's like oh we're going and Skylar was like I, I really just kind of want to be there and Cassie's like I will protect her I'm like are you <laughs> kidding me it's fine are you questioning will happen me? to Genevieve <laughs> yeah. and he's like are oh you- well actually yeah no I yeah I'm not worried about it yeah. <laughs> Good data. He's got the data. Yeah. You know, that is so amazing. Oh, yes. Totally. Oh well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about growth and stress. Like, what does a healthy eight look like, and what does that like protection look like when it's being channeled in appropriate way? So, when an eight <laughs> is healthy, they're going to take on the positive qualities of a type two, which is really beautiful to see between you two guys. Um, it's going to be you're going to become more open hearted and caring. You're going to open up to others and reveal your actual vulnerability because eights have to come they struggle with accepting that they are vulnerable um and so when they're healthy they're really working on that um they're Mm -hmm. gonna have more empathy and compassion towards others so it's really like i said it's gonna be it's a beautiful thing a healthy eight now when you're under stress Mm -hmm. you're actually gonna take on the average to unhealthy qualities of a type five so you're gonna become more secretive more fearful you're probably gonna think that like people are plotting against you kind of like in your mind like I know she's talking shit about me like I know so like now I'm gonna like cut I'm gonna like do something here to like protect myself right so you're gonna become more secretive and fearful you're gonna become less in touch with your feelings so you may think like you may have been in this beautiful place of health where you're feeling the feelings when you're unhealthy. It's like, no, I don't feel that way like I'm, I don't want to go there. I'm not going to feel that um, and in turn you might withdraw a lot from your social circle, your support system, and the people in your life that you previously like. When she gets quiet, I'm like, what's up? Yeah, totally. Sometimes Yo. I'm quiet in it because of a healthy thing, and then sometimes yeah. I'm quiet because of not so healthy Which things. is why I don't assume, and I don't take away her autonomy. I just say, hey, what's up? Yeah. Well, and just listening to you describe that, just for all types, just gives me a reminder that like we can be in health or unhealth on any given mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. like any given moment of any minute, given Minute day. to minute. Second to yeah. second. Minute, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that that's been really impactful to me is thinking about like that health and unhealth is very circumstantial mm-hmm. too. So obviously there's just, you know, the kind of this, the, the fluidity of like how, who you are in your person at this time. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, sometimes we have relationships mm-hmm. that just bring up the unhealthy side of us, or we have situations that bring out the unhealthy side of us. Yeah. And I've noticed like, put me into financial stress and I'm hard five in it immediately. Right. It's, it's the finances are such an, and I cannot wait to talk about money mindset and the Enneagram with Brie Firestone in a couple of weeks, but it's, it's so, it's been so impactful for me to look at my relationship with money through the lens of the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And that's been a, a very, very interesting Ooh, I cannot <laughs> kind of wait. level of introspection. But that was one of the things that actually brought me to looking at like the five in the first place. Because right. I was like, clearly this is a stressful situation for me. <laughs> <laughs> How do I deal with this and why? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's absolutely fascinating. Okay. How do we love on eights really well? Well, let me talk to you about your unconscious this, but... childhood message first. So oh, yes, you're I, no, I'm trying to avoid that actually. <laughs> you're like, so. skip over that vulnerability. That actually makes me feel really vulnerable. <laughs> so can we just move on? No, we're not moving on. We're gonna sit in it. So your unconscious childhood message is that it's not okay to be vulnerable vulner vulner why can I not say this word? Vulnerable or to trust anyone. 
So again, unconscious or conscious, like you may have heard it, you may have thought you heard it, or you may not resonate with it quite yet, but that's essentially what most eights were seeing. Um, And your growth path, so how to become this fully integrated, vibrant, best version of yourself is by recognizing that any real strength that you might have actually involves vulnerability and openness right mm-hmm. like protecting mm-hmm. yourselves from from other people isn't necessarily being strong right like it's mm-hmm. it's a- avoiding engaging in life essentially because life is mm-hmm. conflict life or life is hard feelings life is betrayal and grace and life is all of these things and mm-hmm. when you immediately put up those walls and just really protect yourself from ever having to experience that it's not real strength right real strength is like sharing your heart and letting people know you. I'm going to cry mm-hmm. right now. I don't know why. I feel like I just... Doubt. It's, eights, it's so true, though. And eight needs to hear this right now. Some some eight out there needs yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And I mean, this was the message that I heard pretty hard last year, literally from God the mm-hmm. entire year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, he was in my ear being like, Cassie, are you listening today? Because mm-hmm. this is how it is. Yeah. And I know you I, like intensity. Here it is. I know. <laughs> and I, you know... It's been a really interesting thing. One of the things that I said out loud, which was complete BS when I first learned, like the day, the moment I learned I was an eight, I was like, I feel like I'm a lot more vulnerable than a lot of other eights that I know, or like than than what this describes. Mm-hmm. And my friend, Dallas, who's also an eight, literally laughed and he was like, he's like, No, 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 no. You have your little fortress at the top of a freaking castle and it's surrounded by, you know, and he kind of just explain these levels of vulnerability so he's like you might be vulnerable with three people yeah (laughs) but you're you're not you know with the majority and one of the things that popped up in in my research and I think it was the road back to you or at least one of Ian Morgan Cron's podcast episodes on typology but they talked a lot about how there's a big difference for an eight between transparency and vulnerability Mm. And that has I been. I remember that was epic. I remember my mind was blown. I, went, I know because I am a very transparent person. But when I tell you a story that transparently puts me in a place of quote unquote weakness, there's already been a resolution mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So I often when I I know I'm being my most vulnerable is when I am saying how I feel and I haven't figured out how to fix it or solve it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I maybe there isn't a solution. Mm-hmm. And it just has to be and I just have to like be in those disgusting yucky feelings (laughs) slash beautiful feelings but yeah I mean that's been a big personal growth path for me just in the last year of um constantly making a choice to choose vulnerability and you guys have both seen me do that and get really uncomfortable with it um and yeah man if I cry in front of you like you're you're in yeah it's it's, you're in there it's right in there totally (laughs) um Anyways, so I love that. I have to tell you, it's been a beautiful thing to watch. Mm. I mean, gosh, that's all I'll say. How long have we been in our mastermind, Cassie? How long? Has it been a year? Over a year? It's been over a year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy. I've been able to watch you go through many, many iterations of, I mean, there's, it, it's been 2019, it feels like was very like, ah, it's like a, it was a, a huge learning experience for you. And it was really, yes. really, I was honored to like watch you go through that and it mm. seems like I don't know for various reasons it seems like you're in this place where I feel like you're just kind of like coming into your true self and yes. your full mm-hmm. self so I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see what 2020 holds for you 
I already know good things. I'm going to cry. So I don't <laughs> <laughs> This is our sign to move on. How All can right. we love eights well? Yes, we can work with eights by standing up for yourself and for them. So like mm-hmm. an eight sometimes will just see what you're made of. They'll say something just to kind of see what you're made of. And they will really respect you if you meet their directness. It doesn't mean you have to mm. like get in, get into a fight. It just means like don't necessarily let them walk all over you. That's yeah. like they respect it, right? So also, be again, be confident, strong, and direct. Notice that they're, they're also tender and they have a vulnerable side behind that strong exterior. Um, a lot of times to the eights in my life, like it may seem cheesy – to them but I'll I'll say things like I love your heart or like you're so like gentle or like I see it like I'll really try and make a point to like point out when I know that they were being vulnerable or like showing weakness I melt when you say stuff like that to me good I'm so (laughs) glad I'm softening (laughs) it's good it works both ways right like it's helping you and it's helping you know that like that's okay and you're in a safe space so I love that idea of like a meeting meet their intensity and meet that directness um I one of the things that was really um telling for me actually was and again this was just something I picked up somewhere on a podcast or whatever and it basically said like if you meet an eight and they cuss in like their first sentence and talking to you they're weeding you out they're literally (laughs) saying like I'm going to be so intense that I'm going to cuss right now. I might cuss all the time. I might not ever really cuss, but I'm going to cuss to see how you handle it. And if you can't handle it, we're not going to be friends. Right. right. It's like, they're t- and they're I do that. It. I do it all the time. I'm talking with like grown ass people from church. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh is always like, Cassie. I'm like, I'm just being myself. Don't worry about it. He's Can like, you hang? He's Can like, you hang? No. Can you handle this? But it's, yeah. yeah, no, for real. Um, and it's a very funny. I've I've aligned myself in a lot of ways with a lot of other kind of Christian women who also like to cuss a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they love Jesus. Which I mean, yes. like, if it's blasphemy, I'm very sorry. I will not take the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, okay, this is it's just a word. Like, right. it's literally just a word. Why are we putting so much weight on this word? Um, which I think is another one of those, like, injustice things. Right. I'm like, this is so silly. Um, but anyways, I thought that was, like, a big tell. So yeah. if you have an eight in your life and they're cussing in their first sentence when you meet them, just cuss, cuss right back. back. Yeah, just go for re- it. Receive it. <laughs> receive it well if you want to be in relationship with that person. <laughs> exactly. And on the flip side of that, and I have experienced this, I experienced this one time in my professional life. I engaged with an eight. And I initiated the conversation and I was like, oh my gosh, your dress is so cute. I was like myself, but I was like, oh my gosh, your dress is so cute. I love it so much. And the eight like physically shrank back and was like, okay. And so it was like this thing for me. I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like I thought it was being complimentary and this person was like not having it. What did I do wrong? Then I come to learn that like, acknowledge contributions and you can be honest like and be like your dress is cute eights do not want to feel like you're flattering them it does not feel oh yeah what do you want <laughs> yeah if yeah, you're flattering you an eight you better mean it right they, so yeah. that so to them was perceived as like i was just being overly flattering right and i probably was mm-hmm. to a certain extent but like mm. it was like whoa very like a teachable moment for me it was like okay i don't really need to do that with this particular yeah. person well in 
Go ahead. In your flattery, like tell them why. Right. That's I, that's what I like because I will see through in the answer that you give for the why. Right. So mm-hmm. if you do want to deliver a compliment to an eight, like tell them why. But just like flattery for flattery's sake, like we can see right through it and we're like, bye. It just doesn't feel honest, bye. right? Like they're nope. concerned with honesty, like 100%. So, yep. and then lastly for an eight, they often speak in a very direct and assertive way. Please do not automatically assume that this is a personal attack against you. Like that's what I think eights really want a lot of people to know, especially their nines, right? Or their twos. Like just because I'm speaking this way doesn't mean that like I don't like you. It's just, it's the way that they communicate. And I feel like you would yes. echo that, right, Cassie? Definitely. <laughs> and I've, I've learned that the hard way also. So like, you know, you're, we're talking about like how someone interacts with an eight. Let's talk about how an eight can meet someone else halfway mm-hmm. and, and kind of, you know, let's, let's have some compromise on both ends and growth on both ends. Um, one of the things I've done is I get in a lot of situations where people ask me for advice or they tell me something and I am spewing unsolicited advice because I can't not like it's just I'm like let's fix the problem let's do the thing and I'm naturally like a leader a boss I challenge things you know I don't like to have people in my life who are sitting in complacency I'm like well if you're feeling complacent let's fix it like it's fine we'll just do it today like right now (laughs) but one of the things that I've learned through all of those kinds of interactions where I kind of I end up coaching and this is not even like specific to beauty counter like I coach people every day I mentor people every day in personal relationships at the grocery store, like everywhere it is, it just spews out of my body. And I've, I've learned to literally just ask the question, can I be very direct with you? Can I be very, and I'm asking permission. And then the directness that I'm giving them tends to have a lot more positive results and that conversation can go deeper and continue. Whereas if I'm just straight up direct with someone without asking that permission, they are like, holy crap, who's this person coming at me right now? Yeah, totally. So, and that's just been like a, Hey, this is how I address things. And it, and I don't say like, this has nothing to do with you or like, I don't apologize for being direct. I just say like, Hey, can I be direct with you? And I've literally had someone tell me no before. And I was like, great, cool. Moving on. <laughs> that answer being yeah. yeah. It was only, it's only once you don't, people don't say no to me very often. And that's just, yeah. people don't say no to AIDS very often at all. Yeah. Um, my partner does. My husband does. Well, he's probably learned over the course of time how to do that. Oh, yeah. In a way that's like respectful too. Like I get that. That's amazing. Yes. Oh yeah. Thank you for that yeah. tidbit about how, about sharing how like eights can also work with other people without <laughs> lessening who they are. It's like. Yeah. Without having to feel like you're dialing yes. yourself down. Yeah. I yeah. love that so much. Okay. Nines. Let's You've waited. Nines. <laughs> oh, I can, I, we just start. I love nines so much. I mean. I love. I received that. like. <laughs> I, I receive that. <laughs> Jess, I talk about you probably six times a day to various people. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you need to go follow Jess. Like, or, you know, you're just one of those nines who's out there and very present and sharing your life, which is kind of rare for a nine, yeah, by the way. It is. Um, it is. And so I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, you say you're really attracted to eights, like as an eight, I'm really attracted to nines. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, I bet there's something there. I'd be interested to see like if that's a common theme. So I guess if eights and nines, if you're out there listening, like, is this a thing? Are eights and nines attracting being a thing? I need to know. Yeah. Let's ask Um, our our peeps Ask the audience. Um, 
I feel like twos and eights are a thing too because we've talked about it before. And the interesting thing about that, I'm violently nodding my head. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be me. I, honestly, I think it's because you're attracted to eights. Yeah, I think I'm attracted to eights and Cassie. And I was like, I don't understand why. Because ultimately, like, I take on disintegration eight characteristics when I go that direction. But there's something about when eights don't ask anything of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's like, and I know where I stand. And I don't have to feel like I don't have to intuitively feel anything because it's so open book and direct that Mm -hmm. I'm just like, it's like this ah moment, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I wonder if nines have a similar thought around that like mm. i thought i was a nine for a little while that uh-huh. could be really for- true well because nines and twos commonly mistype as each other and yes. i bet there's a lot to that i bet there's really a lot to that well and then also there's i think <laughs> some nines can be attracted to eights if they're unhealthy um because nines don't want to make decisions because nines don't want to yeah. think about what they want and an eight might mm-hmm. be happy to step in and be like well this is what you want because this is what i want and like that merging can be so much easier I think with an eight um because it's like the eight's happy to to step in and direct <laughs> you know what I, I mean? have made the majority of decisions in my marriage my whole life right whole right and like the cool together. thing is like if you were married to somebody else who's not a nine who's not like truly happy to be like sure let's do what you want to do yeah, like whatever like you might have yeah. more struggle right um yeah. so yeah the nines the nines so let's talk about nine. So I am a nine. If you have not, if you didn't gather that from our initial gathering, um, <laughs> and a hallmark of a nine is you might have a really hard time knowing who you are, like taking the Enneagram test. You might take it multiple times and be like, I don't know what I am. I think I'm this. I think of that. Like nines will potentially really see like a little bit of themselves in every single number. They might think that they're every single number before they come to the conclusion that they're a nine. And a lot of us will see a lot of things in ourselves and all the numbers, but nines, they're doing that because they don't know themselves well, typically, right? They just really don't know. And their tagline, they're the peaceful mediator. And the nines, oh man, what to say? Where do I even start with the nines? So I when I first found out that I was a nine it was actually I had Beth McCord on our podcast and she's like she's the person that I did my Enneagram coaching with uh like the course and I just really admire her and we were talking and just listening through everything and she was like she's like you could be a nine she made this like offhand remark and I was like oh okay that's the first time I had ever and all like I had been exploring the Enneagram for months and months by that time and it was the first you time thought you were a three I thought it was you a thought three you were a six. six which makes sense now because that's where I go yep. to strength and health and uh to growth and stress but like I just never looked at it and when I really looked at it I finally figured it out so again if you're having a lot of struggle figuring out who you are take a hard look at the nine it may not resonate but you know, explore it. So the nines are typically going to be receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. So nines, they're, they're kind of saying is they're going to go along to get along because their core fear is being in conflict, being loveless, shut out, discordant, overlooked, or inharmonious. And like nobody really wants any of those things, but the nines, it's truly what's driving them. It's like why they lose themselves. It's why they fear maybe asserting themselves in different situations because they want inner and outer stability. 
That's their core desire to have inner stability and peace of mind, which again, like that sounds great to pretty much everybody, right? But this can deteriorate into stubborn neglectfulness because it almost becomes harder to assert themselves um, and disrupt that. It really, it's just, it's like harder to disrupt that peace that they're trying so desperately to create in their life um, that they just kind of you know, it's like whatever, like they, they, our weakness is called sloth. And a lot of times we get characterized as this like lazy, physically lazy, like popped up on the couch, not doing anything type of person. And that's so not true. A healthy nine is like a very beautiful thing to behold. Like they can really accomplish a lot, but the sloth is really this desire to be unaffected by life. It's really this unwillingness to be fully awake to themselves their own desires, their needs, their abilities, and they resist showing up fully as themselves because they're afraid, like, there's conflict there. Like, if I really assert who I am, I'm going to, you know, enter into conflict. I'm going to lose the love that I worked so hard to, to get. Their self-image is that they want to be seen as good listeners, kind, agreeable, quiet, patient, calm, steady, and enduring. And I would have to agree with that as a nine. Um, and their core longing, and this is something that really, when I heard this, I was like, oh, that hit home, um, was to hear that their presence matters. And I think that's, you know, looking back at my life, that's been something that's really driven everything that I do. Um, you know, whether it's like in school or in my personal relationships, like I long to hear that like I'm important to the people that I love. Mm. Um, and so that is a common thing with nines. So you guys have nines in your life. I won't make this This totally about me, but like, does that, this is a big struggle for me and my marriage actually. Yeah. How so? Yeah. I just like, I just, the simplest thing I, um, I take a, I don't take up a lot of space in our, we don't live in a very big space. We live in 700 ish square feet. We have a one bedroom house that we live in currently. And, uh, my husband has some, like he skis, he has equipment, he has, he needs a man cave or, you know, some sort of garage (laughs) situation, which we don't currently have. And that's okay. But, um, like really came to a head, um, this fall when one day he just said like, I don't even have my own shelf in this house. Mm. And I was just like, Oh, I am so sorry. Mm. <laughs> like, and I'm constantly telling him that the, his stuff is not in the right place. Like I have created a place cause I love order and mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a crazy, like clean freak. Like I can have dirt on my floor. It's fine, but everything needs to be put away where it goes for me to feel peace. And I work at home. And so it actually brought about a really healthy conversation for us as to like what that looks like for both of us. But he was like, if you want me to be more tidy, I have to have some dedicated space to like put my stuff. And a couple of weeks ago I like rearranged our closet. So we, he would have like the top of an entire full shelf in the closet to put like his ski stuff and all. And he literally just like walked up to me and gave me the hugest hug. And he was like, thank you. And I was like, I want want you to feel it. So it was, it had a good ending, but he was so, I never understood why he just constantly like took up little spaces in every little place and just drove me crazy. Like our, our windowsill is not a shelf, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not a shelf. Like I want to see out the window. Um, anyways, but it was such a, it was such a tell and it was learning about the Enneagram and then deeper in the nine space for me to be like, oh, you need to know that your presence is like 
it's valued mm-hmm. it's seen not i'm not pushing you out this isn't just like my house with my space mm-hmm. and it's very hard for me to like let that go so that's been an interesting thing but when i think about making him feel more valued and seen i'm like yes i'm here for that if that means you want a shelf i'll figure it out <laughs> that's amazing fiercely protective yeah yes and because yeah, yeah you've you love him you want him to be happy and you're making an effort and i think that's beautiful kudos and it feel it feels like an injustice for a nine not to have <laughs> what they deserve right right yeah. and just to go back like eights nines and ones they all you know they're in that triad and they all are concerned with justice right in different ways and so I'm sure and we also will find like a lot of times people characterize these nines as like this super peaceful pacifistic like never get angry type of people and it's actually not true um, they actually deal with anger, right? We talked about like they're on in that that gut try and they deal heavily with anger, much like eights and ones. But they have l- literally suppressed it to the point that they just deny that it exists until it explodes out in this mm-hmm. like like I don't know like, it's like a volcano. yeah it's like a volcano, and people are like whoa where did this come from? And they've like they didn't see it coming, but truly it's been like brewing under the surface. Nines will be pushed and go along and go along and go along until they just can't anymore. And it's usually when they see injustice for someone else or something else where they're mm-hmm. just like can't hold it in anymore. And I see that as a nine with an eight wing. Um, it's like this constant struggle between peace and also the need to like, oh, like engage because it's there. It's like it's like a dichotomy. It's like this crazy dichotomy. So you might mm-hmm. see that in some of your nines. Now, at their best, sometimes sometimes it's a just injustice amongst on themselves. Like when I have some nines in my life that oh, they just want to explode on people around them that are doing things to themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and at their best, they're going to be pleasant, peaceful, very generous, patient, accepting, diplomatic, open-minded, and empathic. So they really are... Um, I like the term diplomatic is because they Mm -hmm. really do like to see all sides of the story and they can really, they see things in like 50 shades of gray. They don't have super strong opinions on a lot of things because of that. Like they're just like, I can see your point of view. I really can see your point of view too. And while that can be very frustrating for some people, it's like, just pick a side. They're like, they're happy to like see all of the angles, right? Um, they're Switzerland. Yeah, they're very neutral for the most <laughs> part. Um, at their worst, they can become spaced out, forgetful. They can be very stubborn, obsessive, resigned, passive aggressive. That that is true. Um, judgmental and unassertive. Mm-hmm. So that's when you kind of yeah, passive aggressive would be probably the ha- hallmark of how a nine engages in conflict. So where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not really engaging in conflict, but I am engaging in conflict, you know? So, but you'll pick it up. Right, right. right. <laughs> and and as an eight, I'm like, I cannot, I can't. Yeah, it's hard. I'm sure it's Don't really hard. Don't passive aggressive me. Right, like just aggressive <laughs> just me. Be, just be aggressive. <laughs> so that's us that are our best and our worst. And like I said, mm. there's a, with a nine, you can be a one wing, which is called the dreamer, or you can be an, have an eight wing, which is called the comfort seeker. And the nine with a one wing, again, is probably going to be that more introverted nine, more orderly, idealistic, critical, emotionally controlled. They're going to have a lot of integrity. They're going to be more cerebral and compliant. And then the nine with the eight wing is going to be more outgoing, more assertive, anti-authoritarian. And they may have a lot of trouble vacillating between being confrontational 
and conciliatory. Like, I'm sorry when I said that, like, you know, they'll engage, but then they'll be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I did that. I do that all the time, like all the time, because I, I do have an assertive like bone in my body. Um, and it gets exercised quite frequently, especially like I said, when I feel like there's injustice being done, but like Mm. all I'm always after the fact being like, Oh man, like, do they still like me? Like, did I overstep my boundaries? Like I'm constantly second guessing myself where I feel like eights Mm. probably aren't thinking about that really as much if at all, mm. you know, when they engage in that conflict. No, I mean, I'm just following my natural path. Right. I don't... <laughs> so I'm just being me. I'm just being me by being confrontational. Right. Um, I will say like my husband, so Josh is like, the word injustice has been a word in our vernacular constantly in our everyday language around why Josh does what he does. His like our whole marriage of 15 years. Like he has always said, like, I can't deal with this because it's injustice. And so I flip into this assertive mode and then I'm like fighting myself on being assertive because being assertive is not keeping peace, but also this injustice is not keeping peace. So I have to do, and he's like back and forth between the two (laughs) things, Um, which is really, and whenever he gets in that mode where he gets assertive, I'm just like, yes, like do it. Yes. (laughs) Because yes. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's always, I think one of the, one of the reasons why I love nine so much and I, again, I'm a wing nine, so I really jive with that, but it's the injustice or just like the love for the underdog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And a lot of, I feel like in my personal experience, a lot of eights and nines are underdogs. Like, and it's not always true, obviously, but it's this kind of like rising through the ashes and like becoming this like beautiful, magnanimous leader. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think a lot of nines tell, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, like think about themselves is that they're not great leaders. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 you make the best leaders. <laughs> like we, I'm a natural leader, but I'm not always a good leader. Like mm-hmm. I have, I have things. And so what I see in my husband is you know, just again, that like magnanimous quality of seeing all sides and then therefore any decision that gets made, however uncomfortable it is to make said decision is usually a really good one. Right. And it's one that benefits the most parties. Yes. And that is often very diplomatic. Yes. Right. So like the best politicians Mm -hmm. that I've ever seen are nines. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's, it's pretty incredible. Like ones that actually affect change. And so, like, I just want to, like, really celebrate the power of a nine. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much power Mm -hmm. there. I'm just like, yes. Yeah. And I, like, so we're going to move, we're going to talk about what a a nine, a healthy nine looks like. And it's a lot of what you're saying. Because they have this empathic sense and because they see all sides, they can really, they can step into this place where they're really empowering leaders and they are, you know, movers and shakers and that happens because like I mentioned before when a nine is in a direction of health or growth they actually take on the best qualities of a type three so they are going to be more self-developing they're going to be more energetic they're going to learn that the peace that they actually seek comes from showing up and asserting themselves in life and blessing others Mm. with their full presence like Mm, yeah you know so I'm like preach yeah we're over here yeah (laughs) preach it right that'll preach yeah. Um, so nines need to hear this because they feel like they don't have anything to offer and they mm. feel like, you know, a lot of times that it's just safer to sit on the sidelines, but when they're healthy and they're offering people their true self, it's a beautiful sight to behold. And we struggle, oh, we struggle with momentum, so right? And so mm-hmm. it's so 
more than any of the other numbers, I think it's so easy to get stuck for us. Um, so when we can channel activity and we can channel forward motion, it's like that momentum is like, is like a train, like it's really powerful, but it takes a long, it, like if you stop, if you really like just get stuck, it's, it's really challenging for a nine to like get going. But once you get going, you're good. You're good. Um, and then under stress, we actually move towards the average to unhealthy side of a type six. So we are going to display a lot of those anxiety, um, anxious tendencies, become more worried, testy and defensive, and our mind's going to start racing with that internal anxiety. Um, and so, and that is very true, at least for me, um, which is why I identified as six and a three before I identified as a nine. So, um, that's what we look like when we're healthy and we're unhealthy. Did you say what the wings were called? Like a nine wing eight, nine wing one? The nine wing one is called the dreamer and the nine wing eight is called the comfort seeker. Okay. Yeah. Um, So our unconscious childhood message is that it's not okay to assert yourself. And I think about this a lot. And I, when I was a child, it's, it's interesting because on the outside, I was very much a doer. Like I was a very active kid and an achievement oriented gal. Like I was like just in everything. Um, but when I think about like my family life, there was a particular personal relationships where I feel like this is very true, very, very influential relationships in my life. Um, where I saw that I heard it from someone and then I saw it being played out between my mom and my dad that like, it's not okay to assert yourself, right? Because, oh, yeah, because we have this like dominating figure and then my mom is the passive Mm -hmm. one and then I'm here trying to like make sure we're all, everything's good, right? Like we're all good, everything's good, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I did, I do feel like I, it took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around that, but um, our growth path is that we can really become this best like I describe this growth path as like flow when you feel like the world is working with you and you feel like you are not putting up defenses you're not using your personality to protect yourself you're showing up as who you are and like take me or leave me for a nine this is just to know that your presence does matter that people love you that people value your opinion um and that is a beautiful thing to behold when a nine feels safe and they feel like it's a, a place where they can express themselves, it's really fun to watch. Um, and how to work with a nine is be patient and don't rush them. Because I get this all the time. My husband's like, well, what do you want to eat? Or what do you think about this? And I'm like, I don't know. And he used to get so frustrated. And I'm like, I truly don't know. Can you give me a second to like think about this? Whereas like other people might be, they just know they have a preference and they're going to talk about it. A nine's as a two, I fully realize. right. It's like I'm like I'm like. What do you mean you don't have a preference? Right. I I truly <laughs> don't know what I think about X Y Z. And with our, like with our relationship, it's usually something like I don't know. He's asking me about like biblical references or something. Like I don't know. You know that I don't know that. But like I know, and I I relate to that so much because like biblical <laughs> uh, data yeah. is so like. I don't that did not sit in my right. brain and my husband just knows like the year and the continent and right. the oh my and I'm like the name and how to spell <laughs> it and I'm like what yeah so with a nine just be patient and know that like they're gonna cut they're gonna go away they're gonna think about what you ask them and they're really have to think about what they really want feel need 
in that moment. Give, Give them, them space. space. Tell them that their presence matters. Listen to, to them until they're finished talking. I mean, because they can kind of meander. Nines have a tendency, like they're not quite sure what point they're going to try to get at. And like for someone who wants more to be more directness, like an eight um, or a five, it's like, oh my God, just tell me, like, just tell me. And the nine's figuring it out as they're going, right? So the worst thing you can do is to try, is to cut them off when they're in their, their oh, speech. Oh. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I do this Whoops. all the time. Literally, I'm sure my husband. Sorry, Josh. Yeah. My husband's probably so sorry. like, oh my gosh. But he is so good. Like he gives me his full attention. He sits with me while I'm trying to figure this out. So if you can do anything for a nine, try and do that. I, I, I'm guessing. So the hardest part with my husband is that when I ask him a question and he doesn't know the answer, he just doesn't answer mm-hmm. until he knows the answer. Mm-hmm. So he's just sitting there in silence and not saying anything <laughs> back to me. And then he also doesn't have really great hearing. So I'm like, did you even hear me? <laughs> and so I'm constantly like, can you just say, you know what? Let me take a minute to figure that out. And he's like, well, that's a waste of, that's not efficient because I would like to just figure it out instead of saying that to you. Like, oh, I don't want to have man. to think about, I don't want to sit there in silence for three minutes while you act like you didn't hear me. I'm oh, like, I don't, gosh. if you don't know the, an- I, I'm totally fine with him either not having an opinion or not having an answer. Like I'm actually pretty cool with that. But what I'm not cool with is just not telling me that immediately or being like, you know, let me noodle on that for a minute and I will get back to you. Right. Like use your, like speak words, (laughs) use words. (laughs) So the fact that you were just like, oh, I just tell him I don't know. And then I'm like, oh God, that would be so nice. (laughs) You just told me you didn't know. So that's how a nine can work can adjust themselves to help other people is to use their words and be you may not even be getting an answer back from your nine at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just want people to know like it's just side just complete silence and as an eight i'm just like oh like i'm boiling right now what's happening yes just tell me what you're thinking (laughs) let me know where i stand right i'm just asking you where we want to go to dinner (laughs) and if you don't know like it's okay that you don't know. If you want me to decide, I'll decide. I will happily decide. <laughs> I And there's been a lot of years where I feel like I kind of let Josh be in that unhealthy space mm-hmm. because I was just, I'll just make all the decisions. And he's like, cool, that sounds great. I don't have to make any. I mm-hmm. like it. Well, um, which there's some energy saving and some, some good parts of that. Right. Right. But I have to constantly now ask him, like, you know, if if there's no, do you actually have no opinion or do you just not want to express your opinion? So that was my next thing is, A, so nines tend to focus on others, right? So, like, if you ask them how they're doing or what they want to do, they'll be like, oh, I don't know. Like, what do you want to do? So they reflect a lot back like twos do. Um, So in a relationship with a nine, take the time to really focus in on them and give them time to, like, in a safe space, they're going to decide if they actually have an opinion right so give them time to do that and encourage them to do that uh, because it's not that nines don't have opinions we do we have preferences obviously but like it just doesn't matter to us as much as it matters to other people that we get our way you know mm-hmm. um and so encourage them like in coaching even for example like coaching a nine it's like i have to see in other like ask them like what do you really want out of this like what would make you happy not your husband not your kids not your family like how how do you feel about this and so really encouraging them like journaling for a nine is important um 
you know, positive affirmations for a nine is important. Future selfing for a nine is important. Like, you know, all those like manifesting things because it really challenges them to think about who they are and what they want. So, oh, another note is that nines actually enjoy discussions. They just don't like confrontations. So there's like a subtle difference there. Like a healthy nine really loves a good debate. And I can attest to that. Like, I love it. I love it so much. And I love to bring in like play devil's advocate. It's like so fun to me. But the moment it crosses over to like aggressive, I'm out. I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'm done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, nines are often in my experience playing devil's advocate just to get you to see the other Mm -hmm. side. Not Mm -hmm. even because that's their actual stance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They may not even have a stance. They (laughs) totally might not. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, 100% It's accurate. really, I've always been like, Josh, why are you being so combative? And he's like, oh no, I just was like, you know, just like playing devil's advocate over here. And I'm like, ah, I don't want that. I just want you to just tacitly agree Be with direct, me. Okay. No. Uh, just agree with me so I can have what I want. <laughs> oh gosh. This is, I, I'm so excited to, gosh, I feel like I need to dive so much more into a bunch of those middle numbers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a lot. And so that's that's basically it. I mean, there's so much we could say um, about each of these. I mean, we could do a full like hour to two hour episode on each number. Really? This is is why podcasts exist that are just about the Enneagram. Right. (laughs) There's so much to uncover. But like, I feel like spend two months on it. I know. And I feel like this episode is probably going to get cut in half at this point. But um, it's good. It's good information. And it's just like we said before, like, it's just so hard to like condense it down because I think it's also important. But that's the Enneagram in a nutshell. We did it. Just a little, d- just a little baby. We went through it all. Three episode, four episode nutshell. Yeah, in a <laughs> tiny little four episode nutshell. It's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. <laughs> totally fine. Oh, I love it. And I we're so grateful, Jess, that you came and spent all of this time with us. It was oh a gosh. lot of yes. time. We appreciate your presence. Thank you. Look at you. Um, we, I mean it. I really do. I really mean yes. it. And I, we've so, been wanting to do this forever. Good. So thank you for becoming a co Absolutely. You tell everybody how they can find you. What's the best way to work with you yes. with Enneagram coaching and what Enneagram coaching looks like with yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at my new website, Hala at uh, Hala, www.jessgertner.com. I'm going to spell out Gertner because. My maiden name used to be Johnson, and it was like the I never had oh. to smell my last name. But very Gertner different. is G A E R T N E R, and really that's where like my blog is, Enneagram coaching, like all the stuff that I do with you know health and wellness and everything. There, you can find me at Jess dot hold the space on Instagram. I'm super active there, um, so those two places are my homes and. With the Enneagram coaching, so this is like something new I launched in 2020. I took my first coaching clients um, going into the new year, and it's been so fun and so wonderful. But I know it's like it's just like a dream come true. I love it so much. And but basically, you can work with me a couple different ways. You can do um, one on one, and I do single sessions where it's like you want to dive into a particular aspect of the Enneagram. Are you having trouble finding your number? Again, I'm not going to type you, but I'm going to ask you a lot of questions to help you type yourself. Um, so there's single sessions, and then we do I do a group session or not group, a uh, coaching package where it's five one hour sessions, and we split those up over you know however long we need to. Usually it's no more than one session a week because a lot of it it's like work, right? It's almost yeah. it's like mm-hmm. self 
work. And so I'm trial and, trial and error. error, but we're like, I'm everyone is so different. What everyone needs is so different. And the paths we take are so different. And asking a lot of questions is going to direct like where we're going with these sessions. And so like, for instance, we, I do a lot of business coaching in those five package sessions, um, relational coaching, like it's very varied. So we're diving into the Enneagram, we're diving into your number specifically, and then we're actually putting into practice um, all the things of how to use that information to grow in whatever it is that you're looking to, to do that in. Um, and then I also do like group coaching, either virtual, so I can come on and you can hire me to do like a a team building exercise or something, or I also do on-site group coaching. So I've done a couple with like local businesses where we just go in and talk about the Enneagram, learn about each other and how to function as a team using this information. So that's, that's the Enneagram stuff that I offer in a nutshell. Is that good? I love love this so much. Do you remember like it had to have been two years ago or close to two years ago, you had asked us about like how did we find the things we're passionate about do you remember asking us that oh my gosh probably yes I feel like it asked and yeah go go for it yeah yeah you probably asked a ton Mm -hmm. of people because I could tell you were searching Mm -hmm. and knowing you're a nine and hearing the breakdown of nine and where you are now I'm so proud of you thank you you go it's crazy like I tell you nines harness your passion because it will take you far Um, Mm -hmm. and this is something like, it truly doesn't feel like work. It's why we've been talking for like two and a half hours and I could probably talk Mm -hmm. for three more hours about this. So Mm -hmm. I love it. I think that's a message for everybody. Yeah. Like find the thing that you love that doesn't feel like work Mm -hmm. and just don't tell yourself that it's not work because you're still working when you feel like you're not working. Right. It's just a a huge blessing that you feel that you feel that way. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. So I, and I just want to like, you guys, if you are looking to dive deeper into the Enneagram, to learn more about like how you interact with your partner, with your parents, with your team, if you're an entrepreneur, um, please go do some coaching with Jess. I have had the privilege of being in a mastermind with her for over a year now. And she coaches us all the time. Aww. <laughs> it's really beautiful. <laughs> um, but you give such balanced and really good advice. And it's just obviously such a natural place for you to be. And the moment you became an Enneagram coach, I was like, it's on. She's my expert. <laughs> We're doing the things. Because I just like, I trust you so much with this information and teaching people about how to apply it to to better their lives and like you have that lens and so um go go do this people go get it done do it with your teams do it for yourself do it with your partner um but go go and learn more and kind of start on this journey of personal growth so go and do yes thank you guys y'all are the best thanks for joining us today on this episode of rebel heart radio You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.